Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here. And today I have the privilege of hosting the outstanding Dr. Andrew Botham. He is the chief scientific officer and co-founder at Test Card. Andrew was formerly head of research and development for ACM Global Laboratory, later moving to become the laboratory manager for blood sciences in a large NHS trust. In today's market, with all of the challenges we've had with the pandemic, the front door to healthcare is changing and how we access care and and how we administer care, the delivery of care is also changing. We have a lot of innovation happening and more willingness to accept that innovation. And at the spearhead of some of the diagnostic innovation, Andrew and his team are doing some extraordinary work at Test Card. And so today, uh, I'm, I'm privileged to have him here on the podcast with us, and I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. Andrew, such a such a privilege to have you here. Wow, what an amazing introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you guys are doing some really neat things. And so before we dive into Test Card and how you guys are, are making a difference with diagnostics and ease of access, tell us a little bit about you and what inspires your work in healthcare. Oh, well, I mean, I've, I started out working in the National Health Service in the U.S. UK, uh, in the laboratory. So I was a bench scientist. I was handling large amounts of blood and, well, to be honest, other fluids as well, and doing testing all the time. And, you know, they really are the unseen heroes of health service because the nurses and the doctors are up front and they do an amazing job and they're caring for people um, right as the rubber meets the road, you know, right right on the front lines. But the, the people who are working in those labs, the, the ability they have to affect large amounts of people is much, much higher. So a doctor will see, you know, a few thousand people over the over a year, whereas a healthcare work, healthcare scientist. I mean, my laboratory that I, I was running um, not that long ago now supported one percent of the UK population, and we'd have between six and seven hundred thousand blood samples a year. That's a huge amount of people, and to be able to make a change, even if, if what is a relatively small change, makes a massive difference to those people's access to healthcare and their lives ultimately. But also the clinicians, so the doctors and nurses' ability to treat them and look after them. And I don't think there's anything that you could have such a huge impact with uh, in uh, you know. I, th- I think that there's a huge amount of opportunities there to be able to help people. That's outstanding, and. You know, it's so great. You come from this, you know, I guess the the legacy system, the way of doing things, and you're like, there's just got to be a better way, right? You you do so many of these every single year, and you start seeing insights. You know, it's those it's those distinctions that help us make advances. And so, talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Test Card and and how you're adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Sure. So. Um... You know, one of the things we see is uh, so pathology in, in the ability to do tests become a little bit of a, a, a victim of our own success. We do more and more tests every day. And, you know, relatively speaking, a test is quick, it's cheap, it's easy to do. And what that means is that, you know, clinicians and, and healthcare um, ecosystems are using it more prospectively, so less diagnostically and more sort of as a, as a mining experiment to just, just find out what might be wrong. So we found ourselves testing more and more healthy people. So we're getting more and more normals every single day, which is 
diluting how much you're able to see and pick out on how much time you've got to spend on the abnormals. I think if you look at health systems, really, other than very recently because of the COVID crisis, they haven't really changed very much. You know, we've got more people, more tests, more treatments than ever before. But the way health is delivered, how you access healthcare, you've got to get off your couch and you've got to go to the emergency room or your primary care doctor and, you know, ask them to open the door for you, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, I don't think that's scalable. It's just not, you know, the technology in healthcare is so high, but actually getting us there isn't. So you can't keep adding to that system adding more and more people and expecting it to work it will continue to work and be the right thing for some people but it's not for everyone so you know in the uk what we're seeing is that people are putting off going to the doctors they're unwilling to take the time off work they're trying to convince themselves there's nothing wrong they don't want to hand over an element of power to someone else and put something in someone else's hands and some of them just don't want to admit that something's wrong and we think the best way to overcome that is to actually take a step back into people's homes and offer them the opportunity to start the process there, to take some of the work and weight off the shoulders of clinicians and clinics and give the and hand the first step, well, to the user, to the individual, to the person in their own home. I think that's great. And, you know, we, we, we touch on a lot of the, the difficulties of taking a day off work or how far is the hospital from your home, you know, urban care or rural care. And so a lot of these things are, are, are very real. I mean, so many people are isolated from healthcare generally. Mm -hmm. And that, that can be geographically, like you say, they could be out the way, could be economically. I mean, we're really fortunate right. in the UK. We don't get a lot of people economically or geographically isolated from healthcare, but we still do have a huge amount of people who are socially isolated. And social isolation, although we've seen a new type with COVID, that um, we always had social isolation in, in the sense that people who are elderly and frail, those mm -hmm. with mental health conditions, it isn't the right thing to be dragging them out of the safety and security of their own home and put them into a healthcare setting. You know, if anything, you, you're putting them in danger by doing that for anything and everything. But then you've got the social isolation around the fact that people, like you say, they, they don't want to make that decision. They don't want to take that step. They won't want to admit something's wrong. To offer this as a tool to people to overcome those mental barriers that they put this put up and or offer it to a tool to carers who are looking after people in their homes so they can better advocate for them when they go into uh, and, and engage with doctors. It just completely changes the power dynamic. And I don't mean it takes power away from clinicians. I think it empowers a, you, a an individual or a carer to actually take the steps that they need to take anyway. Yeah, that's great. And so, Andrew, just to level set with the with the listeners, so, so Test Card is an at-home testing solution. Tell us a little bit about it, Andrea. I'd, I'd love to, to just level set with the listeners on what it is and how you guys are utilizing digital tech to get the answers. Sure. So uh, Test Card um, is it's a flat pack a urine test kit. So we start starting off in urine testing because one of the big things about healthcare is it's quite intimidating. It's scary. Medical things um, worry people. They build anxiety. And the more anxious you are, the less confident you are. So we start off with urine testing because it's not, not as scary as blood testing. People give mm -hmm. urine away for free every day, you know, so it's not really a problem for them. And uh, we've put it into a flat pack postcard, which is cheap to manufacture, cheap to deliver, but also it's a familiar format. So again, it's not intimidating. There's no box that you have to unpack lots of elements to and then line them up on the side and then follow complex instructions. The way we've designed it is to create a user journey that builds confidence through the whole process. So, I mean, it's not enough that they have confidence in our product. They need to have confidence in their ability to use our product. 
Now, I learned very early on in running large laboratories that you've got tens of millions of pounds worth of equipment in the laboratory, but the biggest driver of the quality and integrity of the result was actually what happened before the sample ever reached the lab. So it was how that was handled, how it was taken, how it was labeled. All of these things are much bigger drivers than the minor changes in performance that you get sometimes within the laboratory analyzers. So we wanted to extract or remove as much of those variations and opportunities to do things wrong as possible, whilst also bolstering their confidence and their ability to do it. Yeah, it's super interesting. And with this sample, so you get the urine sample on his card, and you actually use your mobile phone, right? You take a, a picture. So you turn That's the, right, yeah. Yeah, you turn yeah. this phone into what you guys call a clinical grade scanner. Absolutely, yeah. And we, we use that term because it kind of encompasses or explains to people the level of quality that we're able to get out of these devices now. We're very lucky that mobile phones, thanks to people's desire to share pictures of their, their lunches with one another on Instagram, <laughs> has has reached the point where the quality of the optics in there is so much better than a lot of the Incredible. things you find in laboratories. Yeah. So the biggest issues we have are around control of ambient interfering light aspects. Now, we've put our tech up alongside a, a large, large diagnostic company. We are asked to sort of effectively put them side by side with one another, and we look looked at 13 different concentrations of urine over 10 different replicates in nine different light light levels. And we actually outperformed the, the bench top readers that are used to read dipsticks in hospitals. And wow. we had the same accuracy. We're not saying the ones in the hospital weren't accurate. They were. We had the same level of ac- accuracy, but our reliability was higher. So we said the same result more, more often. Wow. So in a way, you know, the innovation here is not only accessibility through it's in home and, and the price is lower, but you're also shortening the supply chain to get the results. Absolutely, yeah. And this means from, you know... That's cool. From my point of view, what this means is sometimes the first time someone sees a doctor, the doctor has something to work with. They mm. already, they've, they've skipped a step. They already have a piece of empirical data to work on. So they have the same interactions they've always had. They're able to talk to them. They're able to ask about symptoms, but they've also got something to, to start with. They haven't got to say, okay, that's great. Now we're going to do this test and we'll talk to you again afterwards. So in some cases, we're going to have skipped a step. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It could be a, a just-in-time mechanism. Because how long does it take from when the urine sample gets placed on the card, the picture? Like, how long is that? It's two minutes. Two minutes. So it's really quick. I mean, how long um, are you waiting in the doctor's office? <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> I'll be back in uh, 10 minutes. So, okay, yeah, pretty but, standard. But, the, but also, these, these results can be shared securely over electronic mm-hmm. systems. So if you do have ex- access to electronic doctor on demand service, these results can be share, shared directly with the doctor. You may never have to go to the doctor's office. You can stay at home and have a, a cup of tea and, uh, and wait for them to get back to you. Love it. I mean, it's clear, right? I mean, what, the way it's different, and the way it's better is clear. Talk to us about how you've improved outcomes or, or made business processes better with this. Well, I think there's there's two parts to the outcomes, really. Firstly, th- these give us the opportunity to get people in earlier. So all those excuses they had for not doing things, uh, for not getting to the doctors, just go away. Uh, they've got a low-cost solution that can be uh, arrive on their doorstep or they can pick it up at the pharmacy and they can do the test right away. And that, that sort of stops them putting things off which means they get to treatment much earlier, which means that their outcomes are improved, but also the length of treatment has got to be lower. So most of these sort of infections um, that we're talking about might be treated with antibiotics. We're going to be able to do lower dose antibiotics for shorter periods of time, which improve antibiotic guardianship, but also mean in some cases people that would otherwise have been treated by antibiotics now aren't because we're removing them from it. So it improves things all the way through, but it also improves the patient's experience. 
And that really isn't to be sniffed at. The fact that your experience of passing through healthcare and coming out the, the other end, you are so much more confident and so much more empowered in what you're doing. If you think of a test that's been around longer than anything else, so uh, the urine pregnancy test, people are so used to seeing them in, pe- in in their homes. And, you know, the amount of people who use them, I think every everyone who gets pregnant uses them or is trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So they're really well established. They're really embedded. But still, the first thing a woman does, having done a pregnancy test, is do another pregnancy test. And the next thing they do is go to their <laughs> doctor and have them do a pregnancy test. Yeah. And that, that isn't because the test the doctor's doing is any better than the one they would have done at home. And I'll, I'll put money on the table and say the one that that woman did at home, she probably did it better because she'll have read those instructions and followed them to the letter because she's 100% invested in the outcome of right. that result. Mm-hmm. The difference is she doesn't have confidence in her ability to produce such an important piece of information. So our entire system really and our, is about driving that confidence and changing how they feel about their part in things. So they no longer feel that stuff's happening to them, that it's happening with them. That's really neat. I mean, and that's and that's the paradigm shift. Absolutely. Hmm. Super interesting, Andrew. And and so it is that confidence in in the result. And uh, you guys are doing a, a great job of building that. And the shift to home care and self-care is one that's very real. And a lot of large companies and innovators, uh, new companies coming into the space are are certainly placing their bets and and doing the work to get it to where it needs to be. What would you say, as you guys have been building, Andrew, has been one of the biggest setbacks uh, that you learned so much from? What was the key learning? Oh, I think our biggest setback was just convincing people it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's happened with the COVID crisis, as awful as it's been, has changed the risk to gain ratio of, uh, of home testing. And people can now see much more readily the value of allowing people to be able to do many of these things in their own homes when there isn't another option for them. It's just, uh, it took us a very long while. We've been sort of shouting from the rooftop for years, this is the right thing to do, that we need to be moving to prevent preemptive, preventative models of healthcare, giving people the ability to do first steps in homes. And now and now we're starting to see that. And that that's, is great that that's happening. It's just so sad that this has had to happen for that to be the case. Uh, yeah. And the, the other side of it, I'd say, is probably the setbacks are the regulatory side of things, which no one is ever surprised to hear, I have to say. You always expect right. things are going to move faster, but the regulatory agencies, they are very slow to work with. And also, they're not quite ready for a lot of the digital um, solutions out there. So they're, 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 they're nearly there. They're getting there. It's just uh, they're all sort of flexing their muscles when it comes to digital health a little bit and understanding what it means and, and what it's going to mean for them. But you're, you're effectively having standards and rules being applied to you, which are made for much older systems. Some of those things need, need to be looked at just to ensure that we're not holding people back for the wrong reasons, let's put it that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Andrew. And, and think about the, the difference that you guys could make and that you're making. Uh, and it's exciting and a good reason to stay in the game. So I'm glad you guys have. Now, let's talk about availability. Are you guys, I know you guys are UK based. And is this thing available in the UK? Is it available in the US? Tell us where it's available for use. So we just launched in the UK. That's going to follow very closely by several other launches in Europe because our CE mark, uh, which is required for uh, Europe, covers for the whole of Europe. Uh, We're going to go UK, then Scandinavia. Uh, But we do have our FDA 510K filing in. So that's what we need to effectively to be a medical device within the US. 
that's that is a step we're hoping that's going to be in january that we're going to be going there but as i said these things are often uh, move a lot slower than you expect even if you build in possible delays so we're expecting to be there let's say first quarter next year love it super exciting so if you're listening in europe and you're looking for some some interesting partnerships ways to do things better certainly consider the work uh, being done at test card and then in the us well it's coming so Sometimes it's easier to get ahead of it, understand it. And if you see a potential partnership here, an opportunity to, to drive better outcomes, uh, lower costs, uh, certainly a, a dynamic team over there at TestCard that uh, I would encourage you guys to connect with. So, Andrew, uh, what are you most excited about today? Oh, I'm, I'm just bouncing around like a puppy at the moment. Everything seems to be <laughs> exciting me. Just, it's, it's, uh, it's been a long seems to be a, a, a long gestation for this particular project and to see it just coming to life now and seeing you know us recruiting more staff and expanding and growing and scaling is just amazing but i think probably the most exciting thing that that's happening at the moment is the conversations we're having to help deal with the covid response mm -hmm. so people think the covid response is really just about covid it's not the amount of people that aren't accessing healthcare when they need to at the moment because they're they're so afraid of going into healthcare settings because of covid they're staying at home and they're just getting sicker so the uh, the partnerships that we're starting to put together with other fantastic companies such as Forte Medical Solutions that do a, uh, a incredibly high quality system to be able to take uh, urine samples to be able to provide people the opportunity and ability to still manage their own health but in their own home. So one of the ones we're doing at the moment is around uh, is around pregnancy actually. So pregnant women who have to come in for their regular checks, we're putting together effectively sort of a little lab in a box type, uh, style setup that can be sent to pregnant women so they can stay within their own homes. They don't have to come into healthcare settings. They can do all the assessments they need to do. They can access the healthcare they need and the advice they need. I think that's probably the, the single most exciting thing we're doing at the moment. That is exciting. And, uh, and something that we need. So kudos to you and your team, Andrew, for, for the work being done here. And so getting here toward the end of the podcast, I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and the best place that listeners that are intrigued or want to learn more can, can engage with you and your team. Uh, you can access um, any information about TestCard through our website, testcard.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter feed where we give a lot of advice to people who um, may have different health conditions related to TestCard. But I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I'm happy to answer people's emails. Uh, they may get a bit fed up from hearing from me if they start emailing me and asking me advice because I'll always give it. But um, <laughs> my, my, yeah, so by all means, just get directly in touch with. Uh, we've got an amazing team here and uh, we're extremely lucky. And, you know, I think Test cards are a really good idea, definitely. Uh, but there are a lot of really good ideas out there that never make it anywhere. And I think the reason Test Card has got to market is because we've been extremely fortunate to not just have a good idea, but to have some amazing people involved. Our designers, our programmers, our everyone has just they they get it. They've not just mm -hmm. bought into it from a um, point of view of you know a job and a salary. They've bought into it because they really believe this is the right thing to do. And uh, yeah, I, we're really blessed to have them. That's awesome. It's a great message and a testament to to the why behind what you guys are doing, Andrew. I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today, listeners. Testcard.com or go to outcomesrocket.health, type in test card in the search bar for the full transcript and links to everything we talked about today. Andrew, thanks again. Thank you, Saul. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business. 
and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.